Welcome to the Covenant of Peace radio broadcast, the teaching ministry of Pastor Blair Bradley. This program is dedicated to bringing you the glorious truth of God's Word, one verse at a time. We are living in powerful days and we are seeing tremendous changes in our lives, our culture, our nation, and in the church. So now more than ever, we have a great need to exercise spiritual discernment and to know what the Bible teaches about the important issues that we all face today. So let's join Pastor Blair as he continues our study on the Word of God. Welcome again, my beloved in Jesus Christ. We're continuing our verse-by-verse journey through the epistle of Jude, and today we're going to continue to go over what Jude taught about how to combat heresy. So let's open our Bibles and read Jude verse 17 through 21 again together. But you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, that they were saying to you in the last time there will be mockers following after their own ungodly lusts. These are the ones who cause divisions, worldly-minded, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Now, we're continuing to go over what Jude gave us to combat heresy when it comes to our church and the best defense that we have against the long and protracted war against error is found on in verses 20 and 21. And so we're continuing to explore the first thing that Jude teaches that will help us to combat heresy when it comes, and that is to build yourselves up on your most holy faith. And as we have discovered, there are 10 biblical keys for every believer to utilize that when combined will build himself up on his most holy faith. So let's go over that list again. There's prayer, Bible study, godly fellowship, obedience, being filled with the Spirit, confession, love, hope, witnessing, and discernment. On the last broadcast, we were discussing the eighth key, hope, and today I want to begin to look at the ninth key, which is witnessing. Now, when someone is sworn in to testify in a court of law in this country, the attorney asking the question only wants to know three things. What did you see? What did you hear? And what do you know to be true? What that individual thinks or feels is of little or no importance to the court. The court wants to deal with facts, not suppositions. The court wants to know what happened, not what people think happened, or what their particular spin is. While sadly it is not true today, many years ago our legal system was a sincere search for the truth. All who were working in the court, the attorneys and the judges, all wanted clear, objective truth to come out so that they could see what actually happened. So in order to arrive at the facts of the case, the witness was a very important part. Therefore, in order for the testimony of the witness to be credible and reliable, it must be based upon three criterion. Number one, the truth. Number two, the whole truth. And number three, nothing but the truth. Now, I want to examine these three aspects of a witness's testimony for a few moments. I think it goes without saying that the first aspect, the truth, is a vital is vital from a witness's testimony because no lie is ever productive in helping anyone arrive at truth. People do lie, however, and the reason that people lie is because they 
don't want the truth to come out because the truth will somehow harm them or condemn them. But anyone who is fully convinced that the truth is valuable cannot bear a lie. So all those who love truth hate lies and they do not engage in them. Those who lie are liars and they break the ninth commandment because they are guilty of bearing false witness. If you didn't personally see something, if you did not personally hear something, or if you did not personally read something, you cannot repeat it. Because if you repeat something that someone told you about someone else, and it turns out to be false, you have sinned horribly against God and against that individual, and you are guilty of bearing false witness. This is one of the most common sins that is committed almost every day, but God doesn't take it lightly. Because even if we don't value truth, and even if we don't value a true witness as highly as we ought to, God does. And the soul who bears false witness shall not stand innocent before the Lord. This is why this nation chose to make all witnesses in court take an oath on a Bible, or say, so help me God, before they testify, because they know that God loves truth, and that if we are to function properly as a civilized nation, Truth has to be paramount. They also want to tie the individual to the fear of breaking the ninth commandment, which the, this country used to uphold. Christian friends, if you have fallen over this issue, I beg you to repent. How can we possibly think that God receives our worship when we tell lies? Christian minister, pastor, elder, deacon, steward, how can you possibly think that God will receive honor from your ministry when you live a lie and harbor secret, unrepentant sin in your life? Beloved, we all need to value truth, and we need to raise the bar about guarding our tongues so that we may speak the truth in love. It is impossible for your testimony as a Christian to have any lasting effect upon anyone if that testimony contains a lie. When we who love and serve Jesus speak, the entire world must be able to depend on what we say. The saints who have gone on before us were willing to die rather than tell a lie. Many of them were horribly tortured and suffered unbelievable agony at the hands of evil men, but they chose that fate rather than to engage in any false testimony. Do you value truth like that? I pray that we all may return to absolute truth in our statements and in our testimony that we may bring honor to Jesus with our words. But simply telling the truth in court has been found through the years to not be enough. There is a second aspect to being an effective witness in court that has proven itself to be very valuable, the whole truth. Of course, it goes without saying that a court of law cannot tolerate even one lie, but interestingly enough, neither can a half-truth be tolerated. A half-truth that is given as the whole truth and testimony frames people's minds in the wrong way, giving out false impressions and leads people to make false conclusions and draw false assumptions as much or maybe even more than a lie does. So a court of law looks at a half-truth as being a whole lie. And so should we. Beloved, in our Christian experience, we must speak and live our lives in the whole truth. If something looks to be true, but upon further examination it appears to only be a half-truth, then we must view that as a being a whole lie. Something is either true or it's not, and if it's not, it's a lie. There is no such thing as something being almost true, but not quite. 
It is either true or it is not. Many times we casually quote one or two verses of scripture and we put them together and then draw a theological or doctrinal conclusion about an issue on a particular topic. We then take that half-truth and run off with it and formulate our prayer life around it and eagerly share it with others. Please hear me when I tell you that this is one of the most dangerous and one of the most common errors that is made today about the things of the Lord. We do the same thing with the new bestseller by popular authors. A man can take one verse and twist it completely out of proportion and then write an entire thesis about it, causing those who read the book to draw false conclusions and to make false assumptions about very important eternal matters. I tell you that we need to do a much better job about our own witness and how we receive the witness of other people. I spent several broadcasts trying to expose the tactic by many today who have no real or genuine spiritual credibility and who artificially manufacture credibility with stories of elaborate dreams and visions and angelic visitations and with their so-called new revelations which are in fact false. These people cause their followers to make false assumptions and to draw false conclusions based upon half-truths, which in reality are whole lies. Brothers and sisters, we must become so familiar with the Word of God that charlatans like this cannot persuade us with their fantastic tales, and we must become so intimately in tune with God's Word and so acquainted with sound doctrine that snake oil salesmen will not find a market for us for their new and improved liniment, which they claim can cure everything from poverty to sickness to baldness to teeth fillings. My friends, a half-truth is not accepted as being anything of value in a court of law, and we should not view a half-truth or an exaggerated truth to hold value in our lives either. Now, I was taught when I was first saved that preachers sometimes speak what is called evangelistically which means they tend to exaggerate and stretch the truth in order to make a point in their sermons. This statement is usually given with a wink and a smile, indicating that we all know that preachers uh, tell lies about their exploits. You may have heard someone use this term. But we must review that expression as being a horrible testimony. If you cannot believe what the preacher is saying from behind the pulpit, then we are all in serious trouble. These kinds of ministerial shenanigans are the result of our effort over the years as pastors to be likable and to be looked at as being a funny and nice guy rather than take the preaching of the unsearchable riches of Christ as a solemn duty and as an obligation and a high honor. We are not supposed to get up behind the pulpit and crack jokes and be a comedian that is inappropriate in the house of God. When we stand behind the pulpit and preach God's words, Hearts should tremble, conviction should grip the heart, and the staff of pride and the arrogance of man's own importance should be broken, and the people should be devastated over their sin and brought to a place of total surrender to Jesus Christ. And only truth can do that. But not just any truth, not your truth or my truth, not popular truth or accepted truth, but the whole truth, a holy, divine, inspired truth that comes out of the very heart mouth and mind of Almighty God. A law will not keep a lie will not keep your children out of jail, my beloved. A fantasy won't change your adultering husband. A half truth or partial truth does not have the power to alter the human heart. 
but God's truth preached rightly and fully and fearlessly with no regard for the consequences, preached from the lips of dedicated and consecrated blood-bought men of God who actually live what they speak, does have the power to change the world. So be careful, my beloved fellow laborers, that when you speak and what you read and what you believe is more than just the truth, make sure that is the whole truth. However, we need to go even further than that because there is one more level to reach. We need the truth, we need the whole truth, but we also need a third element, nothing but the truth. There is only one source of absolute truth in this world, and that one single source is the Holy Bible. Everything else comes in a distant second, and that is why we must read and study our Bibles on a regular basis, and by using a systematic method, correctly applying the proper rules of interpretation to our efforts. What we hold in our hands is an English translation of an inspired and inerrant and infallible book that was written originally in Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic over 1,500-year time frame, utilizing over 40 writers. God has supernaturally preserved the scriptures, and they are reliable and trustworthy today. But our English translations present us with challenges that are easily overcome if we learn to apply the correct interpretation to what we read. This will take effect on our part, and it will take time. No one can ever hope to clearly understand divine truth by quickly perusing or scanning over a verse or trying to summarize what God has said. You simply cannot get there from here. God wrote the Bible on purpose so as to force anyone who hopes to be a student of the Word to spend time with it. So study your Word, dear friends, and get the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so that your witness will be a truthful and effective witness for Jesus Christ. Well, I've got to stop right here, but please join me again on the next broadcast as we continue our journey through the epistle of Jude. May God help us all. Dear friends, if this radio broadcast of line upon line, precept upon precept, teaching of God's holy word is a blessing to you, will you prayerfully consider supporting us financially? We want to increase our exposure here on the Gulf Coast through more radio stations and through the Internet. Would you pray about coming alongside of us and help us do that to God's glory? For further information about how you can partner with us in seeing the gospel triumph in our area or to receive a copy of today's broadcast, go to our website, www.covenantofpeace.net. Until next time, may the peace of God keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.